I'm not the best at standing behind the pulpit. I know that. But I can tell you this. I work for the best. And he knows what he's doing. I make a lot of mistakes. And uh, I know you don't see it. But we all make mistakes. And sometimes my mistake is loving someone too much. Because sometimes instead of my love, I, I let things pass. I let things go. When I should bring a word of correction. A word of discipline. And I'm going to deal with that today because most people do not like correction. Am I right, Doc? How many people have you met that's <coughs> patients of yours <coughs> that you tell them things and they just don't listen because they just don't want to hear it? And when we hear the truth, it will change us. You may get angry, but the Bible says be angry and sin not. Be angry and change your ways. So I want to jump right into this. You can call this message whatever you want, but I title it, We All Need Help or We All Need Guidance. Everybody say, We All Need Help. We All Need Guidance. Turn the Bibles, please. Jeremiah 7, 28 in the King James Version. Jeremiah is speaking because there's always a prophet that had to speak to the children of Israel because they always were erring in their ways. But thou shalt say unto them, prophet, this is a nation that obeyeth not. They obey not the voice of the Lord their God. Nor receives correction. What's those two words? Receives correction. They will not listen to it. Truth is gone. It's perished and it's cut off from their mouth. What do you think is going to happen to that group of people? They themselves will be cut off because they will not take or accept correction. Do you believe that God corrects people for your hurt? Does he correct you for your harm? Or does he correct you because he wants you to be benefited from it? He wants you to be benefited by the correction. Listen, there's no way if somebody gives me a word of correction, I just want to make sure that when they give it to me, they're at my level of understanding. Other than that, I'll accept it. But if they don't understand where I am and what I'm trying to accomplish in life and my mission and purpose, then they can't speak into my life. You understand that? So here here we are right now trying to decide, and I believe this this message, the series Mind Shift, is valuable because it's time for us to shift our thinking into that which is proper and hear what the Word of the Lord has said to His people over the millennia. He says in Proverbs 10, verse 16 and 17, The labor of the righteous tendeth to life, but the fruit of the wicked is to sin. Now watch this, 17. He is in the way of life that keepeth, say the next word, that keeps instruction. We need guidance. We need help. We need instruction. But he that refuseth reproof Heirs, refuse reproof. I know people that will not listen to any reproof. They'll get mad at you. They'll get angry at you. They'll stomp and they'll snort and they'll holler and they'll scream. But they won't listen to reproof. And because of that, God can't use them. Proverbs 10 verse 17 in the Living Bible. Switching up here. Anyone willing to be corrected. Anyone willing to be corrected. Mind shift. Mind shift. Anyone willing to be corrected is on the pathway to life. So if I'm going to think about that conversely, 
If I refuse to be corrected, Doc, that means I'm on the pathway to death. If I read this correctly, anyone willing to be corrected is on the pathway of life. Then if I'm not, if I'm not willing to be corrected, Steve, I'm on the pathway to death and destruction. So anyone willing to be corrected is on the pathway to life. Anyone refusing has lost his chance. I know people in my life that will not listen. Even when I'm telling them, you've got everything going your way. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's working out. Come on, man, listen to me. Listen, Linda. Everything's okay. You've got the world by the reins. You got it and will not listen. They refuse to listen. And you'll find out that I won't have those people around me very long. And guess what? God won't either. Now, he loves us all. But he cannot work with people that cannot be corrected. I'm trying to plant this seed in your mind today and, and, and reference this mind shift because it takes a mind shift to be able to follow instructions. Because it's against our carnal nature to listen. It's against our carnal nation to learn it, those things from other people because, well, let me go on. I don't want to get ahead of myself. In Proverbs 1, verse 20 and 26, through 26, wisdom cries without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She cries in chief places. This is wisdom. Place of the concourse in the openings of the gates in the city, she utters her words saying, how long, ye simple ones? Will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. And fools hate what? That's not my words. And fools hate knowledge. He said the Bible, turn you at my reproof, at my correction. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit into you. I will pour out my spirit if you'll turn at my reproof. Now watch. I will make known my words unto you, because I have called and you have refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but ye have said it not all my counsel. He's counseling us. He's guiding us. He's helping us. And we say, I know more than that. Like, just like your teenager tells you when you say, be careful. But the truth of the matter is, nothing good happens at certain hours. They would do not, they didn't want to listen to my counsel and would none of my reproof. Now watch this. Because they would not listen. Not because they're ranked sinners, Rihanna. Watch what he says. I will also laugh at your calamity. In other words, you're going down. You're in, you're in a destructive mode. And he says, I can't do nothing for you because you won't listen to me. I'm trying to tell you, here's the way, walk you in it. And you won't walk there. So what can I do for you? Watch. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock you when fear comes. Listen, one thing I know is I don't want God to mock me when fear comes my way. Now let's get into the message. You've got the scriptural background. Champions do not just appear. Victors don't just, there they are. It takes a lot of hard work and correction. To become a champion or a victor. A lot of hard work. You don't just become a surgeon because you say one day, I will be a surgeon. When you make the statement, the affirmation, I will be a surgeon, you've just said, I'm going to spend eight or ten years learning this. I'm going to work at it. And then I'm going to tell you this. I may get ahead of myself here because Doc 
was in surgery when he first started. You don't just go in there and they say, you walk in one day and they say, okay, doc, here's the billboard. I want you to go in there and I want you to, uh, you've never done this before, but you're, you're learning to be a surgeon. I want you to go in there and I want you to uh, close this valve in the, in the right aorta. What? There's no way they're going to let him go in there and make that cut and do that work without somebody standing there watching him to give him guidance and correction. Am I right? Until he gets so into it and understanding it until he can be left on his own. So nobody can become great or a champion unless they learn to take, understand the hard work and the correction. The difference between just being just good enough and being great. Did you hear this? Just being good enough and being great is the voice of correction and guidance. That's the difference. You have to have that person in your life that you will listen to. You have to have that spirit-led voice. You have to listen to it, Pastor Mike. Pastor Kenny, you have to listen to it. I, I looked at a boxer, that, which I, I thought, that he, they said he was the most fearsome, fearful, fearsome boxer ever. It was Mike Tyson. And I watched many, many multiple videos on him watching his, his demeanor. The man was an animal. When he entered that ring, he was a different person. And I mean, something, something to be said. The man was incredible. If you don't think so, get in the ring with him one time. But Mike Tyson didn't become Mike Tyson, the heavyweight champion, because he just decided one day, I'm going to get in a ring and fight. I did a little research. There was a little man named Cus Diamato. His coach was Cus Diamato. And for years, the reason he made it to the championship was because of Cus. And you understand, when that man stepped out of his life, when he died, Mike Tyson started slipping because he needed Cus Diamato. He needed his voice in his life. He needed the guidance in his life. He needed the correction in his life. You're doing it wrong, Mike. You're doing it wrong, Mike. That was not a bad thing for Mike. He needed to hear it. Look at Serena Williams. You think it was just her father? Absolutely not. There was a man named Rick Mackey. And that Rick Mackey trained Serena Williams to be a champion. And there's times he'd tell her, you're stepping wrong. You're doing wrong. You're swinging wrong. You're over trying to overachieve in these, in these uh, uh, strike zones. You, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. All she would have to do is say, I'm not listening to you because you haven't stood where I'm standing. And that would have been it for her. Why would you want to coach and not listen to them? Why is Alabama a great football team? It's not because they got great players. It's because they got Nick Saban. It's because he knows how to direct them. Now, he himself can't get out there and play that game. You put Nick out there, he's going to get hurt. Am I right? Okay, Nick, you know the play. Yeah, I know the play, and I know exactly how to do it. So give me the ball. They're going to crush him. But his knowledge... Far supersedes his physical ability. Oh, I'm getting here now. It takes a mind shift, a mindset. You understand? It's not what you think. It's, it's not what you're thinking. It's what somebody that loves you or your, that your guiding voice is thinking. Because you sometimes are blinded by the light. I've had people before get so enthralled with a person. And I would say to them, be careful. Be careful. 
careful with that person because you don't know who they really are. And nobody knows who somebody really is until they're locked into a heavy relationship with them. I mean, it's just the truth. I told a, a, a pastor one time, I said, this man that you're hiring is going to be a major problem in your life. He laughed at me. You don't know what you're talking about, Alan. I said, well, I'm telling you what I feel in my spirit. That man's going to cause you trouble. Well, guess what? About two years into it, caused him trouble. And when I went back to him, I said, well, what do you think now? He didn't want to admit it. See, it's better to admit it and quit it. So Serena, Serena Williams had Rick Mackey. Oh, how about the great Peyton Manning? He didn't just walk out one day and say, I'm going to be the great Peyton Manning. I'm going to win all these Super Bowls. I know who I am, man. Look at my arm. Look at my... He became a field general. He could walk out there and look at the field and see all the potential at a glance. You may not have liked him, but there's very few like him. But he didn't just walk out there one day and become the Peyton Manning we know. He made a lot of mistakes. But along the way, there was a Tony Dungy. There was a Jim Caldwell. There was a John Fox and a Gary Kubiak. All those people made him who he is. What Pastor Mike told me this morning, I am the sum total of all my experiences. Greatness comes because you're the sum total of all those voices that have spoken to your life. Never, ever turn a deaf ear to a voice because it might just be the voice of the Spirit. So here's what I'm going to say. Greatness requires a mind shift from I know it all till I want to learn it all. I know it all till I want to learn it all. Larry McKenzie sitting back there in the back. He was a drill instructor for the Marines. He may not be as fast or have the endurance that he once had. Now watch this. He may not be as fast or have the endurance he once had. But because of his knowledge and his understanding and his wisdom, he can take and chisel the young recruits into fighting machines. And they do this through correction and discipline. They break you down. They keep you from saying, I know this is my way. I'm going to do it my way. I can't even imagine standing in front of a drill instructor saying, see what? I'm going to do it my way. Son, when you wake up, you learn. You're only as good as your drill instructor because the drill instructor is pumping into you wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Don't hate him. Love him. All the screaming and hollering is there for a reason. Matter of fact, let me just cover this one. A singing artist, people that you've watched on TV, people that you think are so great and win the Grammys and win uh, platinum records and gold records, they all have coaches. They're called vocal coaches. And what they do, they go in there and say, you're a little pitchy. A little pitchy, you better watch it. You're doing this wrong, you're doing this wrong. And if you get angry and say, I'm not listening to you, all you're going to do is stay pitchy. It means you're not singing properly. It means you're not doing right. It means you're not breathing properly. They all have their, no matter how many gold records they have, they require the services of a vocal coach. 
I need one. Over the years, I've destroyed my voice singing and screaming like I have. And you have to have a vocal coach help train you back to do it the proper way. Proverbs 15, verse 31 says this, through 32. The ear that heareth the reproof of, of life abides among the wise. The ear that hears the reproof of life abides among the wise. He that refuses instruction despises his own soul. But he that heareth reproof gets understanding. So what am I, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to Philippians 2.5 it. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. A mind shift. I got to start thinking like Jesus. Now watch this. Jesus at the point of crucifixion. He's at the point of crucifixion. Had to shift his mind. He had to shift his mind from that of pain to gain. From the temporal to the eternal. His mind had to shift. He had to see things differently. He said with his own voice, not my will. Jesus had to turn off his earthly mindset from what his mind was wanting to, to the Father's will. He had to turn his mind off. The flesh part of him. The carnal part of him. Not my will, but your will, Father, be done. That's difficult. It takes a mind shift. It takes correction. If I've ever ministered a message that I know is true, this is it right here today. And if you'll embrace this, you'll grow. Not my will, but thine will be done. So the mind, in reference to Jesus, the mind is an amazing thing. God created the mind to be limitless and productive. Creative. But, everybody say but. For this to work, the mind must shift into a place of discipline, correction, and insight. Mark those down because that's truth. But then you've got those people that when you start to correct them or you start getting them some insight and they're above your level. I'm not talking about somebody's underneath you. I'm talking about they're above your level. And you start talking to them. I know a, a young person... Young, uh, they're not really that young. You start telling them how to do something, and immediately, before you can get it out of your mouth, they're saying, I know. If you know, then why you keep doing it this way? I said to my son-in-law, which I don't mind him hearing this, because it's truth. We laughed about it the other day. We was in my house. We were working, uh, uh, was taking up tile in the house. And I said, now, you have to use that blade on that chipper. You have to use it a certain way or it's gonna, you're going to really get into the concrete. And I don't want to do that. I know, I know. Okay, you understand that. You have to keep it a certain angle and work it and chip it properly. I know, I know, I know. I know. And like I said, I'm not saying something he himself won't laugh about. He, we did the other night. All of a sudden, I'm over there looking at him. My God, he's dug a hole this deep in the concrete. I said, but you said you knew. So there are people in our lives that are going to say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Don't walk on that, on that tile with wet feet because it's slippery as glass. I know, I know. Oh! <laughs> buddy, I did that, buddy, at a hotel. Forgot where I was now. But man, I come running into the bathroom. And, <laughs> buddy, when I hit that marble, it was like I was on ice. 
shoot, bam. I mean, it was all over but the crying. And I could say, I know, I know, I know, I know. My wife could have told me, don't do that. You might fall. I know, I know, I know, I know. But all it's going to come, I had to experience it. How many people know somebody like that? They may not say, I know, I know, but they're saying, yeah, I got that. I got you on it. Yeah, got you. Got you, brother. Got you. And then there's those people that you try to show them something, and they try to out-talk you before you even show them. And you're like, I love Austin. Austin, wherever Austin is, I think he's left already. No, he's, he's right there. Austin, if you try to show him something, he's going to listen to you. Even though he might know how to do it, he listens. That shows me maturity. I'll guarantee you, Dr. Carr, as smart as he is, I could offer him some advice on something. He'd at least listen to it. He wouldn't just say, you're stupid. He'd listen because it might be right. Maybe God did drop something into my spirit. We don't know. Be quick to listen. Be quick to learn. Be quick to don't discard it. Don't discredit it so quick. The mind that, now watch this. I'm almost through now. We're about to close this thing out. The mind that has no need of guidance and believes its own PR is destined for, to underperform. I need to say that one more time. That came to me early this morning. I said, oh, hallelujah. After I watched Medea, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The mind that has no need of guidance and believes its own PR is destined to underperform. Make no mistake about that one. There was an illustration that I watched because I like to watch clips from different fighters. Whether it be in the UFC or boxers, I like to watch them fight because that's what I used to be involved in quite a bit. And so... This is going to help y'all. Because I've stood in many matches. I've also trained people to fight, and I've been in there to fight myself. So I understand. So I watched the coach standing by the ringside, and he's hollering at his man. And I listened to him very carefully. What he's hollering is, body shot, body shot, body shot. Hook the body. Hooked the box, and he kept hollering it, and the boxer's like, I believe my own PR. Finally, he turned his head. He said, I told you, body shot. Two strikes later, boom, boom, hooked to the liver, boom. He decked that guy that quick because the coach saw the opening. He wouldn't listen until he had already frustrated himself, and he realized, see, I want to listen to my coach. Well, who's your coach? His name is Jesus. The Holy Spirit is my guide. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. He is the comforter. Boy, I can't wait till next week. This is going to get better. Tonight, at Hope at Home, I'm going to start dealing with healing. From, and I'm going to take not only my thoughts, but thoughts for some of the real healing generals. And I want 
to go through that, no matter how long it takes me. So if you've never been on Hope at Home, you need to go. You need to go to our website, eastwestchurch.org, and find out how to become a part of that group, Hope at Home. But my concern for right now is that you're sitting here with the ability to change your life, to change your course, to change your destiny. Now, let me ask you this question. If it's not working out for you right now, what makes you think you can keep doing the same thing and it's going to keep working out? That's the definition of insanity. Then if something's not working for me, like in church work, see, the message never changes. Jesus never changes. But the method does. And so if I'm hard-headed and won't listen, like I heard a preacher preaching, and he said, I'm going to tell you this right now. He had a congregation, I'm going to tell you, you cannot be a part of the apostolic church. If you got a beard, you cannot be a part of this church. A beard. And if you looked, you'd see the guy that he was talking to, they were showing flashbacks of him seeing the apostles. And every one of them had a beard. Jesus had a beard. (coughs) How do you know Jesus had a beard? Because they plucked his beard out. (coughs) It's in the Bible. And yet that man's standing up there hollering, you can't be a part of the apostolic church because it's of the world. It's of the world to have a beard. It's just silliness. So what we've got to do is decide, are we going to listen to God or man? Are we going to listen to the tenets of faith? Or are we going to listen to the tenets of carnality? If things are not working out for us, are we going to listen to God about it? Or are we going to listen to our own mind that's been leading us for 30, 40, 50 years? You have to understand correction is a part of it. Discipline is a part of it. You have to be set or poised to listen, to hear.